Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70 Millimeter, finally a podcast about movies. Each week, I'm joined by famous artist Danny Haas. I don't know what I was watching. It's like rubbing silly putty over someone's face. I don't know what Jimmy Skin was doing on their cheeks. And writer, poet, Alexis. Incarnacion. And together as friends and movie lovers forever, we discuss recently watched movies. Later in this episode, we're discussing Alfred Hitchcock's 1958 psychological thriller, Vertigo. Is this one of the greatest movies of all time? Or is Jimmy Stewart just too dang old to fall in love with Kim Novak? Enjoy! The villagers let their voice be heard on IG this week. Danny put on his social media cap and asked people what their favorite rom-coms were. They were piping through the inbox. I couldn't believe how much response we got. People love rom-coms. They're gagging for it. That's what I hear. Was it over 100? (laughs) It was a lot. It was a lot. There was too many to answer. What's your favorite romantic comedy? That was the question that you asked. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, who knew Danny was so good at social media? <laughs> did 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 any of us know? It's almost like he has got some thought. kind of experience with like an account, <laughs> a lot of followers. Uh, gosh, so so many of these. Moonstruck. Mel Mendez suggested. Well, not suggested. That's just her favorite rom com. That actually, I just made the the cardinal mistake that Proto made as well because. Mm. You know, there was a lot of consternation in our DMs this week about whether or not these were suggestions for a movie for us to do or just people saying their favorite rom-coms. I look at it as both, okay? Mm. You know, we we have their voices be heard. We know what people want now. You know right. what, like, a few movies now we have on our list. A couple people pick the one that I want to do too. So it's a great little day, 24 hours of... Rom-com talk. To the unknowing, Danny actually did choose a romantic comedy for us to do. It's on our uh, private list. We Mm -hmm. haven't revealed what it is yet. But uh, DGG says Punch Drunk Love. The Sandman. The Sandman. You just wanted to bring it up. I didn't know that was a rom-com. I haven't seen it. It's got Adam Sandler in it. It's like a drama. It's an artsy drama. It's like one of those Charlie Kaufman type movies. A (laughs) rom-drom. A rom-rom. Kigatron says, about time. Oh, baby. And also the long shot. Two different suggestions. (laughs) (laughs) Proto Proto was, I think Proto was sweating bullets at some of these suggestions. You can you elaborate on kind of your emotional roller coaster of a day as how people about, were giving some of these suggestions? While you elaborate, uh, how about you give us your favorite rom com too, Proto? My favorite—I don't even know what my favorite rom com is. I'd have to pull up a list. Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arwen and Aragorn. You know? Oh baby. Um, I don't know. Favorite rom com? There's got um, Put- oh probably. Probably Nacho Libre. Yeah. <laughs> Who's My the favorite. love interest in Nacho Libre? Put Jenna on. Let us talk to Jenna. What are you talking about? Is it Nacho? Nacho and Incarnacion. Incarnacion. 
Never seen that movie. What? Oh Get my god! Get that corn god. out of my face! I've never seen it. I've seen the poster. It's so a lot. good. I'm a man of science. <laughs> You've got mail, says uh, Gringo oh. in Spain. It's a perfect movie. Are they the powerhouse rom com couple? Tom Hanks and Tom uh, Hanks her face. Meg okay. Ryan. Meg Ryan. She has a name. Meg Ryan. Yes, she has a name. You might be right. You might be right. You've I got mean, mail and that other one they did. Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> Sleepless in Seattle. I grew mm-hmm. up on Sleepless in Seattle. But even separate. I mean, she was Harry Met Sally. Wait, I interrupted Proto. I wanted Proto to explain his emotional roller coaster. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. During these DMs coming through. Um, yeah, I recently saw uh, Longshot. I have a I have a letterbox review. You can go read it. <laughs> that movie is terrible. Uh, a lot of these movies are terrible. There's a lot of Julia Roberts love oh. that shouldn't shouldn't exist. All right, Excuse she did me. some good ones. She has some stinkers in there, and I don't want to revisit any of these stinkers. Name five stinkers from Julia Roberts. I'm not naming anything for you. <laughs> we all know what they are. I don't have no, to call we don't. them out. Batiste over says Hitch. You better not be talking about Notting Hill. Never seen it. <laughs> I'm no plans to. <sighs> My big fat Greek wedding. Will Latner. Dirk Feelgood, the doctor himself, Heartbreakers. Mm. That I'll, I'll tell you what, Heartbreakers, mm. as a coming-of-age young man, <laughs> that's all I can say about that movie, Jennifer Love. <laughs> Producer Dale says About a Boy. I remember loving About a Boy when I saw Ooh. it. Oh, I love ago. About a Boy. Mm-hmm. D Hurt, Some Like It Hot. Mm. Amazing film. One of the greatest, if not the greatest comedy of all time, question mark, as read by AFI. Mm. Grugrux Dave says Wedding Crashers. No. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Martin says Just Friends. There were some I hadn't heard of, which was cool. My Favorite Wife from Mighty Murph. Crazy Stupid Love Catcher. The Holiday from Crow. Say Anything from Crazy Asian 22, which we will run for podcast. We'll come back to the rest of the the suggestions later in the show. I just wanted to touch base, you know, get a vibe from the team on uh, how we all felt about these rom-coms. I'm all about it. So far, we have two of us that are all about it. Danny and I are all about it. We love love. We'll see where the wind takes us. I did want to come back to the other poll or the other other ask of the villagers. You know, after our big episode last week that almost put Proto into retirement, uh, I asked, do you lick your finger before going through papers, wallets, et cetera? And I said, I would have been happy with 20% saying no, that they don't do that. What'd I you a get? Whopping, I got a whopping 74% of people said they don't do that. So This is the Hamilton poll I needed. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that I feel vindicated. Spider-Man soundtrack. You should. Dashboard confessional dot M-O-B. Maybe I'll inter- maybe I'll intertwine that music in the background right Play now. Play it over, please do. <laughs> Get Let it ride out for of a Spotify. Uh, so this week, Vertigo is our episode. Jimmy Stewart himself, uh, Kim Novak. We're gonna get into that at the bottom of the hour. I don't even want to <laughs> reveal my thoughts just yet on um, possibly the most beautiful woman in film history. We'll get into it later. <laughs> Uh, so next week is Leon the Professional. That is the big show next week. I was looking on Letterboxd earlier to see who has seen that. 
And if you share the show on social media, you know, spread the word about the show, interact with us on IG or Twitter, you enter yourself in to win a year of Letterboxd Pro. Letterboxd is free. It's our favorite social media site for film lovers like ourselves. If you're a film buff, you can get on there too. But uh, this week's winner for a free year of Letterboxd Pro with some added features, Adriana Lamb. Wow. IG. Congrats. Congratulations. Wow. Congrats. Thank you for your support. Mm-hmm. Perto, what did you watch this week? Let me tell you something. <laughs> we are in week, what week are we in? 34 something of the year? I don't, know. I don't know. Who knows? No one knows. I don't know that math. But I might have had the best movie week of the year. Excuse me? Yes. You heard it right. I started it off with a movie called Coherence. Oh, yes. I had heard a little, there had been a little rumbling about this movie. A Mm. few in our group had seen it, Slim included. And the vibe I was getting from this, you know, I hadn't really heard anyone talking about it, but I knew something was up. I knew something was up and I had to put it on. And let me tell you something. (laughs) If you like sci-fi, you got to watch this movie. You just got to watch it. There are a few movies I could compare it to, but it would spoil it for you. So you, you, Mm. If, if you want it, don't look into this movie. Don't try to figure out what it's about. You just need to trust us and you just need to watch it. I gave it four stars. It's great. It's on, Am- I think it's on Amazon Prime right now. Mm. Great. If flip. I may j- just say real quick, I describe that movie as lo-fi sci-fi. It's mm. like, you know. Yes. Low-ish budge. Yeah, totally lo-fi, but it just shows you what good writing and good acting can do mm. with a with a low budget, this movie. Uh, and then I went back to the Ghibli Studios. Oh, um, you know, I thought it couldn't get any better than Nausicaa, but I watched The Wind Rises, mm. which was a 2013 release, which I think is the last movie Miyazaki did. Oh my gosh, this movie blew my mind. This was like like a top tier uh like biopic drama of anything that I've seen. Anything mm-hmm. I've seen from Hollywood, but mm-hmm. but it's a it's an animated movie and it's amazing. The story is so beautiful. It's about it, it's it's based on the the um the engineer who designed um the Japanese fighter plane i think the zero like uh in the the 19 in the 1930s it follows his whole life it starts when he's young it goes through his whole um story um it's 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 in Japan and Tokyo there's just some like amazing animation um there's these dream sequences that are just beautiful i couldn't get over this movie I'm so in love with this movie. Um, it, it, it's beautiful. Mm. If you if you if you like Ghibli and you haven't seen this one, I'm I'm sure most people have. But like, mm-hmm. it blew my mind. And then I just I just kept riding that wave, and I watched Porco Rosso, oh, um, baby, another Ghibli, which came from in 1992, and that was that was fantastic as well. I've always said that I wanted to be a pirate. This movie <laughs> kind of in, encapsulates a lot of that of like living in, on the sea or living in the air, the pirate's life, but without any of the consequences of the law or death, which mm. is, you know, up my alley. So 
another great movie. I gave that four stars. And when the wind rises, I gave five. It's a perfect film. Per capita, the highest rated movie watched average week in Proto's history on Airbox. <laughs> <laughs> I love those movies so much. It's good to hear from someone like you, Proto, who mm-hmm. uh, expects great movies and gets a great movie, you know? Mm. Animation and Wind Rises, it's, it's actually maddening how good it is to know that that can be created by hand. It's just mm. it's magical. Yeah. The earthquake sequence is unbelievable. And then also just all the, the, the stuff in flight, the way yeah, it's mind blowing. It. Yeah. It's amazing. I think, um, one of the documentaries about, uh, Miyazaki, I think it's during the time where he's making wind rises as well. I forget which one it was. Uh, it's like the house of dragons and monsters or something like that. I can't remember, but There's like three Miyazaki um, documentaries you should definitely check out. They're incredible to watch his his process. Danny, what did you watch this week? I got to one movie. um, Or did I get to two movies? I can't remember. Yeah, one movie. Uh, I'd been meaning to watch it, and it popped up on HBO Max for me. And it was Godzilla, (laughs) King of the Monsters. Uh, the 2019 version. Here we go. Here we go. And you know, it's one of those movies that I've been really wanting to watch and I missed it in the theaters. And I sat through this movie in love with this movie. I mean, it's, it's only four stars for me. It's not a five banger, but it's, I had a blast watching it. The scenes are incredible. You know, that feeling where you like, yes, I want to share this with friends and you jump on letterboxd and you see the one, star reviews, the two star reviews by your friends when you're about to put before banger. And it's like, who do I get to talk this to? And then I just got passive aggressive in my review. Big time. Because everyone's <laughs> complaining about the human aspect of a Godzilla monster movie. And I'm just like, what? I was a little frustrated coming out of that movie, even though I loved it. I, I was stunned when I saw this review coming from Danny. I felt like a personal attack. <laughs> It, um, it might here, let me read. Let me read it your for, way. Let me read it verbatim. Quote: Oh no, poorly scripted human parts. Like any of that matters. Out of here. End quote. <laughs> Are you? I kidding was frustrated. Me? I was riding high, and I wanted to enjoy it with my friends, you know. And then I just saw those LB stars dwindling. I gave it three stars for the record, but that apparently wasn't good enough. Not good enough for me on this one. <laughs> I loved Proto. You haven't seen this movie, have you? No, I haven't. Mm. Listen, the monster stuff was badass in that movie. Oh my gosh. It's four stars alone, Matt. But Matt. <laughs> four stars alone for the monster stuff. I don't there listen, the monster stuff's great. You know? It's also two hours, ten minutes long. You gotta fill that time up with the rest, you know, human beings. I can't even describe the motion Danny just made on camera. Listen, you expect, expect Kyle Chandler to deliver Oscar-worthy lines? Get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> is this in the Brian Cranston Godzilla universe? It is, yeah. It's the one after okay. it, yeah. I mean, if you enjoyed the writing in the first Godzilla movie, you're going to love this. <laughs> but if not, you might have a little bit of trouble. That's what I watched, and I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, I watched an S ton of movies, not an S ton, one, two, three, four, five movies. So I guess that is a lot. 
Uh, it I is do a lot, Matt. I wanted to just call out one movie for all my fr- fellow horror fans. You know, you love the Blair Witch movie when it came out. You love the ambiance of such a movie. And you liked Paranormal Activity when that came out. You need to check out Host on Shudder. It's 50, 56, 58 minutes long. You can get a free trial to Shudder if you're not a member already to watch it. It's a movie that takes entirely takes place entirely on Zoom. It's about a group of friends that do a Zoom call to do a seance. Already, right off the bat, you have me hooked just with that. But it's really well done, well written. It's fast. You know, there's no fluff. This ain't two hour, ten minute Godzilla movie. This is a fifty six minute seance, and mm. S goes wrong. I thought it was super well done, so I loved it. Should we get into Vertigo? Yes. Hitchcock, nineteen fifty eight. Jimmy Stewart. There it is. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I I don't have your mind. It's in Bill's house. <laughs> Uh, 1958 Vertigo, Hitchcock, Proto, can you please? Vertigo is fear come to life. John Ferguson is an acrophobic and suffers from vertigo. He is working as a police detective when his condition costs another man's life. Ferguson forces himself into early retirement, but an old friend returns to his life and insists that John help him. This friend has suspicions that his wife is now someone else, someone dead, and wants John to investigate. John declines until he sees Mrs. Madeline Elster in person. What follows is a twisting journey through San Francisco as John gets closer to the truth and closer to Madeline. John gets closer to unraveling the mystery But will his fears get in the way, and will he lose it all to Vertigo? Mm. Can we just talk about Danny's art for this episode real quick? Mm. Next level stuff. Felt it. You know? Unbelievable. I felt it too. We all felt something <laughs> simultaneously when we saw that art. I just want to say that that shot in this movie is unreal. I made a point to like say to a man, I was like, how do they get that shot? Is that shot real? That's amazing. Mm. And Danny somehow knew also. Not the same thing. And now we have this beautiful art. Triad. <laughs> Triad. Oh my God. Had either of you seen this, Danny? Have you seen this before? No, it was on my list to watch uh, this year when I was going through some of the Hitchcock stuff. So I'm glad we uh, threw it on the list for the show. I thought I had seen it, but I think I just saw the bell tower scene at some point somehow, but I didn't remember anything. Like I had no idea what happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I, I had a, we we had a controversial discussion this morning about Proto asking me if I removed my rating. (laughs) that I had on Letterboxd before recording. And I did. Um, I think I saw this when I was in like film class at my local community college. That's probably how long ago this was that I saw this. But this is like on that AFI list I talked about. It's funny to compare the AFI list with Letterboxd Hmm. to see like what the best top like narrative films are in the current moment compared to the AFI. AFI has like all the hits 
but you're not really discovering anything new. Mm. Um, so I also barely remembered anything about this movie, except for the famous poster. And um, is it Saul? Saul Bass? That did that poster? And, did and Saul the, Bass do that poster? I think so. And the typeface mark oh, font treatment? It makes sense. In the intro? Please, he also did that? <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, all those designers out there. Um, I love the opening credits of this movie. The music. Oh, love them. Know, just something about Hitchcock movies that just like gets me pumped up. Those opening credits, my God. Those drawings were so amazing. Good. There's one, uh, maybe like halfway through, where it looks like an eye. And then it's, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. It looks like an eye, like, like a perfectly drawn eye. And then as it zooms in on it, you just see that it's just those lines again. And just like the, the same pattern as if it like, just was like something spinning. Mm. Oh my God. It's so good. Mm -hmm. I love that opening. The music was incredible for this film. I think it was Bernard Herman. I, th I don't remember who else he, what else he did with Hitchcock, but uh, whew, the music was incredible. Bernie Herm. Did he do oh, the he, psycho he did, music? he did Psycho. He did The Birds. He did Citizen Kane. He did Taxi Driver, North by so, Northwest, Cape Fear, the remake. Holy moly. Bernard. Psycho is one of my favorites. Man, the music in that's incredible too. Bernard de God. Mm -hmm. Unreal. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so the opening scene of this movie, I watched uh, this version on Movies Anywhere, which I believe Proto did as well. I, I lent him mm -hmm. my copy which you can do in movies anywhere. Opening scene is the chase on the rooftop. And this is where you see what happens to Scotty, Jimmy Stewart. And he's trying to climb above these, the rooftops. He gets caught on a storm drain, but the cop ahead of him eventually like tries to help him. They're chasing a criminal of some kind. And instead of chasing a criminal, the cop has to come back and try to save Jimmy Stewart. And as he's bending over, I'm thinking to myself, like, how is this cop going to pull up Jimmy Stewart from this storm drain? He's dead. Let Jimmy just dig his own grave there and go get that right. criminal, right? Is that, are you guys thinking the yeah. same thing? First of all, the angle of that roof with those tile shingles. shingles. Like I was, when I first saw him jumping across, I'm like, there's not a gap there, right? I couldn't tell with the way that was shot. And then it was like, they were barely making it up to begin with. And when he came back down to help Jimmy, I'm like, no, there's, <laughs> There's no leverage. There's, There's no way you're pulling leverage. them back up. Yeah. Grab my hand, Jimmy. No. You, you don't even find out how Jimmy got out of that situation. Right? <laughs> the steam cuts. There's no way. The storm drain is one wind away from collapsing yes. under the weight of Jimmy Stewart's one hand. There's zero chance he pulled himself up out of that. He landed on that cop's corpse probably. And that's how he, he, was that's how he survived that. <laughs> Yeah, but Jimmy. when the, when that cop fell over, I oh. almost jumped out of my seat. Like I threw up my hand. I was watching this with Jenna. She wasn't watching. You know, she was looking at her phone. But uh, when he falls over, I threw my hands up in the air. I was shocked to see him fall over. There was something about just the framing of that shot and the way it was set up that I was not expecting him to fall the way he did. And it really shocked me that he really yeah. went tumbling over. Yeah, I, I love the way they framed that whole thing. It was obviously like a set piece with a backdrop, mm. but it still yeah. looked great. Like, I love the way that whole set looked. I think it was probably one of the best sets of the whole movie, in my opinion. But that that moment is, <laughs> I think I remember, 
I don't know, maybe there's a shot of Jimmy Stewart looking down and then like looking back up, you know, in grief, like, you know, the shocked face. Like, <laughs> I love the olden day, like, turn away in horror. That, that, shit, that face is so good. But this is what causes his vertigo acrophobia. Is that what it's called? I, I don't even know what the hell. I never heard of that yeah, before. Yeah, acrophobia. He is hanging out with Midge, a friend of his. They used to be engaged. Midge. I love Midge. I was enthralled with her. She runs her own like design studio out of her apartment. I was studio honestly like (laughs) annoyed at Jimmy Stewart for not realizing what he had in front of him with Midge. Are you kidding me, Jimmy? Smack him with Midge. Pissed. Ah, you kept going on about Kim Novak, but Midge was a sleeper star in this movie, in my opinion. (laughs) My word. So he is uh, hanging out with Midge. He's got a cane. You know, he's got such terrible vertigo. Apparently, if he's up like a stepladder, he loses it. I also was wondering how old Jimmy Stewart was while I was watching this. Because when he was going up there, I'm like, is he 85 trying to get up these (laughs) steps? He just seemed so old. Like this really old guy just like taking his time one step at a time. If uh, break a hip if he falls. I said the same thing to Amanda, and I think I wrote, this is later in the movie, this is after he meets with Kim, but I, I have, my line is, how old is he? He's anywhere from 39 to 60 in this movie. He's got like graying hair, and apparently when this movie came out, that was a big issue because of the romantic uh, relationship between him and Kim. Kim Novak, I think, was 26. Oh, he was he 50. Was, <laughs> he was not 50. He was like, I think he was early 40s. He, he might have been 42 no, no, in this he movie. he was born in 1908. This movie came out in 1958. Really? I thought he was yes. a little bit younger than that. Okay, so that's even worse. But apparently the audience also had a big issue with their age gap. Um, because, you know, they become romantically entwined later. And, you know, I don't know if we want to skip ahead too much, but it's, you know, questionable. Like their their romantic involvement, in my opinion. What's, what's questionable is, does Jimmy know how to kiss a woman? Because the Dude. kissing scenes, I don't Dude. know what I was watching. It's like rubbing silly putty over someone's face. I don't know what Jimmy's skin was doing on their cheeks, but. All right, all right Jimmy, Jimmy. All right, yeah. yeah. We almost got the shot. We just, yeah, just rub your face. Keep rubbing your face against her cheek a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, we need five more seconds. Just interact. Act like you're in love. Are you guys loving each other? Yeah, love her. Like, what is going on? If I ever kiss my wife like that, I'd be single in a heartbeat. I have Aggressive some bad, face rubbing. <laughs> I have some bad news for both of you, but just about any movie from this time frame includes yeah. that face bush kiss attempt. And there's no like open mouth, even gap mouth. <laughs> it's just two sets of lips pressing against each other. I don't know if their lips touched. Just face mush. They're just it's, rubbing it's their faces together. I, I remember this the, from It's a Wonderful Life. Like- I thought it was maybe like a Jimmy Stewart move. It is a Jimmy style. Jimmy Stewart gets a job from an old high school buddy or college buddy, Gavin. And he hires him because he thinks there's something wrong with his wife. He thinks he's like getting possessed by a previous ancestor and hires Jimmy to tail her. And Jimmy is kind of like no longer on the police force. He's like on semi-retirement. He just said he's like on a travel like, I don't know what kind of stipend he's getting to just travel, but I guess that was possible back then. But he begrudgingly accepts this job. How amazing was that guy's office at the oh, shipyard? 
He looked like like a prince or something with that office. <laughs> a lot of wood in that office. Fudge. Yeah, that desk. Unreal. How about though the the, the conversation they're having and just him talking of committing his wife mm-hmm. as if and I know this is like this is actually true. That, you know, he could have just like committed her for no reason at all at <laughs> like that time. And he's uh-huh. just thinking like, Jimmy's like, well, how, why haven't you had it committed? He's like, well, I don't know. I'm just, you know, it, just the fact that he had like that power is just so mm. bizarre over the thought that he thinks she's possessed by a dead person. Like right. he's going to go to the police. I think my wife's possessed by a dead person. How we lock her up. Like, okay. <laughs> could have been, it, that could have been the end of the movie, Jimmy. He's like, oh, Jimmy, you're right. Maybe I should. And the credits roll. He's just committing her to an <laughs> asylum of some kind. Mm. The story he tells her is that, you know, his wife is becoming possessed by someone else, this Carlotta Valdez, who we discover is allegedly her grandmother who killed herself as well. There's some kind of weird psychic connection that they're having where she becomes possessed by this person and then, you know, goes like almost like sleepwalking during the day. So Jimmy, Jimmy, goes following her around San Francisco, gorgeous San Francisco, the first night, Gavin's like, okay, meet, come to this restaurant. You'll see what my wife looks like so that you can tailor. I, honest to God, was stunned by how gorgeous Kim Novak is in this movie. That green shawl that she was wearing to dinner mm-hmm. and just her whole appearance, her hair, her, this, the, like, just the shape of her face. She's stunning, in my opinion. Like, I was, like, taken aback. I, I don't remember anything about Kim Novak in this movie, but I was really blown away by her in this movie. Yeah. I, I thought, um, Kim Novak was, she's gorgeous. Uh, but then also I, the thing that intrigued me the most was her voice and how she changes it over the course of this movie while she's, mm-hmm. as she is Madeline, just like her deep tone, like there was such mystery about her and the way she carried herself. And there's three, three scenes that I love. And the first one that I love in this movie is the restaurant scene. And because Hitchcock does this thing where, um, it goes, it, it goes to the restaurant, which is another amazing set that restaurant, the walls of that restaurant, amazing, mm-hmm. that red, like velvet pattern on the wall, but it, it plays this music and then it like shoot it like the camera goes over to Kim Novak sitting down and it, and it's just the back of her and it slowly zooms up. And just the music, the position that she's at, just everything about it carried this emotional weight. And I almost feel like just the way everything was positioned, where it felt that the scene was made up just to invoke one emotion for the audience, um, was just so compelling. The the way it was presented, like there was just this the the just drama in it, and I I loved it so much. Um, the, the, like you were saying, like the music is incredible. This, it, it just, it just carries like this ominous weight and uh, throughout the whole thing that I, I love that scene for. He goes and sees her go to an apartment that she doesn't, he doesn't think she lives at. And he goes to investigate. Dear, has uh, she done something wrong? Please answer my question. I can't imagine that sweet girl with that dear face. What's her name? Valdis, Miss Valdis, Spanish, you know? Carlotta Valdez? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> sweet name, isn't it? Foreign, but sweet. How long has she had the room? Oh, it must be uh, two weeks. Yeah, her rent's due tomorrow. Does she sleep here ever? She... No. She just comes to sit two or three times a week. I don't ask questions, you know, as, as long as they're well-behaved. But 
must say I... Now, when she comes down, don't say that I've been here. Oh, but she hasn't been here today. I just saw her come in five minutes ago. Oh, no, she hasn't been here at all. Well, I would have seen her, you know. I've been right here all the time putting olive oil on my rubber plant leaves. At this point of the movie, you're not really sure what's going on. You know, like, is Mm -hmm. she really possessed by Carlotta or was something else afoot? Perto, what did you think as you were sitting through this? Did you kind of wonder what the actual story was or were you all in on the Carlotta spirit business? Yeah, I guess I was, I was all in on that. Well, first off, this whole sequence of her, of him trailing her at the first, I'm like, how is she not spotting Jimmy? He is like the worst yeah, detective tale ever. He's just Ten like feet so behind close. Her. Yeah. And he like, if she just turns her head at any moment, his it's cover's over. blown. <laughs> just, of course it makes sense at the end. It's like, all right, yeah. it doesn't really matter that he's not good at what he does. Um, but yeah, I was all in. And then uh, you mentioned the hotel. I think it was like the uh, McKittrick hotel that, <laughs> she has a room at that was my second scene that I love, not because of like anything you, uh, the way it looks or the way it's shot, but just the idea of it is brilliant to the point that I went and looked it up. I was like, cause I, I get to the end of the movie and I'm like, okay, I under, I, I saw the whole thing. How does this scene fit into everything? And apparently there's no answer for what happens at the hotel. Hmm. People say that it's just something that Hitchcock did in the movie to kind of like throw a wrench uh, in it and kind of give something the, for the viewer to chew on. And maybe I guess like a little bit of a red herring that, okay, maybe is something else going on now because there's really no conclusion to that. Um, but I just love, I ke- I've been thinking about that scene the past couple of days. Mm. Um, I just love it so much. At that point, I know I was fully convinced that there was, she was possessed by something or there's a ghost story afoot. Mm-hmm. It was funny because when we got to the scene where uh, he's being pitched to follow his wife, I didn't know what this movie was about at all. So when he was like explaining that he needed Jimmy Stewart to follow him and then he was like, Oh, I think she's possessed. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> and then and I was like, Oh, this is going to take a turn. And then all the tailing her and then going to all these like landmarks for the woman that apparently has taken over her body. I'm like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes into the hotel and she's disappeared, I'm like, yes, <laughs> this right. is awesome. So I, yeah, at that point I was like, I'm in, let's go. I loved that scene. Yeah. He, she jumps into the, uh, river and he goes, uh, he jumps in after her and then she wakes up in bed with Jimmy Stewart there and mute. she was <laughs> mute. Yes. So let's, <laughs> unpack that scene are we to believe that he you know undressed her undressed her correct yeah. and put her in bed very Make question it. very questionable IMO you know he's 65 years old in this movie <laughs> she's 21 he should be he should be in prison what do you do when a woman wakes up in your house nude what's the first thing you do you like to have some coffee well here you better have some or, or perhaps you'd like a drink you offer her a drink so he's kind of obsessed at this point with her at at this juncture and he eventually goes back to talk to midge because midge is like where you you know i love midge as i said earlier midge Mm. is like where you been at you're not coming over here you're not telling me what job you're on are you working again and he's not telling her (laughs) the the scene where midge presents this painting he made she made for jimmy stewart 
Oh my God. And it's her at, in like the Carlotta pose. <laughs> I, I want to crawl dying. into my skin. I was dying. I was oh. cringing so hard. Mitch. Like Mitch, no, babe, please. please. <laughs> Stop. That scene made me cringe. Oh, the reveal was so good. Poor Midge. I mean, she she's doing all she can, you know, but then wasn't, she like turned it. What was the, at the beginning? She turned him down. She allegedly broke like off the engagement years ago when they were in college or something. Right. Right. So, I mean, that's a tough spot. And to also her in. reaction you make a mistake. to after he leaves and she realizes she blew it. She's like freaking out, pulling her hair. Oh man. <laughs> Poor Midge. She painted herself as the dead woman possessing the girl that her man is falling in love with. I was into it. I would have been like, Midge, this is beautiful. Midge, let's go get a burger right now. And I'll put this case aside. This psycho woman that I'm following. Uh, If we could go back though for a second. um, So the the scene where they go to the Sequoias. Mm -hmm. Sequoias. That's my favorite scene in the movie. Oh man. Okay. Um, The, when they're walking amongst the trees the lighting in that scene, uh, the music, again, just like the restaurant scene, there's something so powerful that's communicated in that where it's all like building up and then they're standing together and then um, Madeline, she just walks away from from um, Scotty and she goes behind one of the sequoias and then he's looking, he's wondering what's happening and then the camera like pans around you like don't see her anymore and you're thinking like wait a second is is she did she disappear and my mind is just like spinning all of a sudden of like wait a second like what's going on right now is jimmy is he hallucinating all of this is something else i felt like something else was about to be revealed about this that like she wasn't going to be there anymore Mm -hmm. i was just so captivated like of what was going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shortly after this, they hang out at this like carriage location where she is talking about like her, you know, she's ha- she's having one of these possessed moments again. And Jimmy's like with her and uh, he's trying to like assure her that like, I'm here for you. I'll be here for you always. You know, we'll get through this kind of s- crazy psycho possessions you're going through together. And this is where they have that kind of like long extended desexualized face mush scene <laughs> that lasted about 45 yes. seconds. Like that, that scene. Oh my God. I couldn't get over what they were doing to, to each other's faces with their cheeks. Can't watch that. <laughs> like, a, a, like a good roast rub. <laughs> I wrote down in my notes, the patented Jimmy face rub. <laughs> Facial dry rub. Uh, but at this point she's like really stressed out and she kind of says some weird ominous things to him and rushes to this bell tower that's nearby. And this is where you see the famous dolly shot of Jimmy looking down this, you know, bell tower. She's running up it presumably to kind of fulfill the, the prophecy of her killing herself as is foretold by Carlotta's, you know, her great grandmother. This is what she's going to do. And, he can't bring himself to like run after her up this bell tower. He kind of like knows she's going to jump off, 
but due to his um, vertigo, he's just kind of like stalled on the steps. She makes her way up and then you hear a scream and then her body is jumping through this window, a really horrifying view of just seeing a woman's body fall down mm-hmm. a large, like, you know, a height. And he eventually looks out the window. He sees her on the roof dead and he is like catatonic and just like kind of walks away. It's an amazing shot there of that overhead shot of that building with the priests and the nuns running the, into the back and him walking out the front. Mm. Holy moly. That was mm-hmm. an amazing shot. Was that all a painting? Mm-hmm. Cause it looked like a painting. I think the building and everywhere that they walked out, it was real. I think she was really laying on a roof. I think that bell tower itself was the matte painting. Mm, yeah. It was perfectly shot. I mean, if you could see her legs sticking out on the other side of the bell tower and then him slowly walking out. The, oh my gosh. The great scene. That was mm-hmm. the contender for art for this week too. Mm. So like, as I'm seeing, as I'm watching this, I don't remember anything after this. I actually think I'm near the end of the movie at this point. Right. There, that's not even, not, not even the case. This is like the halfway towards the point end of the too. movie. Yeah. I was like, wow, she died. He's getting like court martialed yeah. or something. And then that's the end of the movie. <laughs> Not even, what is the, the court I don't process know what that, that he's was. in after this? And why is it at the the, the, <laughs> the place where she died? Right. <laughs> Over time, he starts seeing, he starts thinking he sees Madeline at restaurants. Like he goes back to that restaurant and you, mm-hmm. I like the camera mm-hmm. trickery in those scenes yeah. where it's like obviously Madeline, but then like at the last minute he changes it. It's a different actress. Those scenes were so well done. Very smart. Yeah, they're great. I love them. Eventually comes upon this woman, Judy, who different hair, different style entirely, but looks like Madeline. And he is like interrogating her. Like he wants to know more about her. Like, how long have you been here? Where are you from? And she has an answer for everything. She's got like family photos and every explanation as to like, I'm, I may look like who you, who you think I look like, but I'm not her. And at this point in the movie, I'm like, mm-hmm. what is this? And he asks her out for a date and he like bullies her into a date. Like he's so kind of like out there. He's like, I don't want to take you out to dinner here. Like, let's go out tonight. I'll pick you up. And she's like, fine, whatever. Let's get off. How about back. the line? He says, I, I, I'm not going to hurt you. Honest, I promise. Please. Just let me talk to you. I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to talk to you. Yes. So let me into your apartment. <laughs> What woman is saying like, oh, okay. He, he's saying he doesn't want to hurt right. me, so I'll let him in. Uh-huh. That was so, yeah. that whole sequence was like, Judy, close the door, lock it. The Yeah, I, Dirk Feelgood review, I have it up. He actually makes mention in his review, he, he gave it four stars. He's like, my biggest, biggest concern was some damaging attitudes toward women in the second half, especially. I do think it's sold in a way that has the male perspective as the aggressor and toxic. And I mean, Jimmy Stewart in the back half of this movie, he is, he should be committed. Like he is on the hunt for Madeline. Mm -hmm. He's obsessed with finding her, seeing her everywhere and bullying this woman into a date. Like as a, as a viewer, I'm like, Jimmy, like, let it go, bro. This isn't even her. Like, just go hang out with Midge, you know, have her paint a few paintings for you. But Right after this, he bullies her into the the date. She gets a sheet of paper out and reveals that, oh yeah, I actually am Madeline. And he found me 
and the scheme that we pulled on him is about mm-hmm. to be undone. Do I go on a date with him or do I just leave town right now? What, what was your impression of that scene? Yeah. Well, at that moment, I realized that this movie is a, a, a chiasmus just like 1917. This movie mm. reflects the first, uh, the second half reflects the first half um, in a lot of ways where a lot of scenes like mm-hmm. are just reflections of each other. And I think something interesting about that of like what you're saying of how he becomes like almost this predatory guy who t- doesn't take no for an answer. Um, there's almost like a role flipping with like Midge in the first half where like Midge is pursuing uh, Jimmy's character. And then on the second half, Jimmy is aggressively pursuing Judy. Um, mm. And that scene with the note is the same. It happens earlier where Judy leaves a note as Madeline at his apartment mm. and gives it to him. Yeah. But here at the end, she writes this whole note and then um, rips it up. And there's a few other things like that. Of course, like the beginning and the end, there's somebody who dies at the end by falling. And at the end, there's somebody who dies. Um, And, you know, he gets his, his uh, acrophobia at the beginning. And then at the end, I guess, seemingly he's cured from it. Mm -hmm. Um, But the whole reveal uh, yeah, of just like finding out (laughs) the only way I knew something else was up is that like, yeah, you're halfway through the movie and, and, and she's dead. And you're like, yeah, what is going on? And then I wasn't even sure when Judy appears, I'm like, okay, this is the same actress, but what is going on? (laughs) I actually had to pause it. I did not, I was not convinced that was the same actress. I couldn't see it. I couldn't see Mm -hmm. it at all. I couldn't see it until she walks out in that green haze. And I finally like could wrap my head around that being the same actress. I think they did an incredible job of kind of masking that from, at least the audience, because I was, I was not convinced up until she actually yeah. dyed her hair and all that jive. Yeah. I thought it was like similar. And I thought they just cast mm-hmm. an actress that looked like Madeline to just do this scene. And then they just flip it like, Oh, actually, yeah, I am Madeline. Dum dum. And she was like ready to leave town because of it. But <laughs> I was curious, like uh brother's comments make actually perfect sense, but I was, I would love to have seen a version where, they don't show her writing that note because she plays it straight for the rest of the movie because he kind of like tries to want her to do things that are like Madeline. He eventually forces her to buy new clothes, to dress like Madeline. He forces her to get her hair done, just a total makeover to look like Madeline. And Judy's reaction to all of that is very real. You can't even really tell that she's, Madeline, mm-hmm. like if you remove mm-hmm. the the note scene and they don't reveal it until the end of the movie, like I would have still been shocked. Mm. Like, oh God, like when she says, when she finally gives in at the bell tower and tells him how they did it, I probably still would have been shocked. That's how well Judy played it in those scenes. Yeah, they actually show her running into the bell tower mm-hmm. and the whole thing where Elster's up there and throws his wife off the side. Does that happen when she's writing the note? I can't remember when that happened, but I feel like it's pretty early on where you like know what the, you know, what the deal I think is. It's the no- I think it's the note scene maybe when they show the yeah. flashback. I feel like they shouldn't have shown that there. I feel like, yeah, that would have been so, that would have just added to the the mystery of this mm-hmm. this other woman so much more if you didn't know what was going on. 
I did read in the wiki that they had a lot of fights about removing that scene and Hitchcock did an initial screenings wanted that scene removed. Hmm. But I think the producers forced his hand and put the scene back in. I think it would have been a way different movie for sure. Wow. Are we doing a slim cut of this? Oh, Oh, that's right. I forgot to mention I have, I can officially say that I have started work on the slim cut of last action hero (laughs) and it's a very different movie. I will say that much without Danny inside of it. Not going to make a whole lot of sense. It's going to be shorter, though. We'll see. Perfect. Hit up, hit us, hit us up in DMs if you want a copy of the uh, <laughs> slim cut of Last Action Hero. Jimmy Stewart was almost insufferable in the back half of this movie. Like I, he needed some mental assistance. He needed a therapist about what he was going through with Madeline. This stuff with Judy was not helping him if, on a mental state, and I felt bad for Judy the whole time. You know, like I got to put up with this guy. Who wants me to be someone who I'm not, mm-hmm. but actually am. I wonder when did, when did Jimmy know what was going on? Like, when did he figure it out that it was actually Madeline? I think just the necklace part when he saw her, yeah. Oh, she made that big mistake. Yeah. God, I felt so angry at Judy for putting that necklace on. She wears the, she put, eventually she puts on the same necklace that she wore as Madeline. And that's the tell for Jimmy that I've been had this whole time. Like all of this has been a trick and I've somehow have been dating the woman that tricked me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you got to feel like the worst detective yeah. in, in history at this point. Like you've been duped my man for two hours. <laughs> uh, so eventually he brings her to the bell tower and like forces her to relive everything. He's like, we're, we're going up the bell tower here, Judy. We're going to do it all over again. And he drags her up there. She reveals to him the whole plot. She like tells him it was all schemed by Gavin so that he can go to Europe. And he threw his actual real wife over the edge. And he knew that Jimmy would not be able to go up the bell tower. What an elaborate scheme to leave the country. Honest to God, the most elaborate scheme in movie history to just leave the country with money. Also, what a total psychopath <laughs> genius. It is yeah. like you like, oh, I have a friend who has acrophobia and vertigo. I have a plan to kill my wife. <laughs> Any number of things could have gone wrong with that plan for Gavin. Any number of things. And somehow it worked. He hired Madeline or, you know, Judy to play Madeline while his wife was like out of town for that entire period of time. He is having it out with her at the top of the bell tower. A shadowy figure comes out scares Judy, she jumps off out of the bell tower, dies. And Jimmy is left aghast on the bell tower and the credits almost roll up instantly. It was a nun that had come out to see what the noise Creepy was about. Creepy ass nun. My God. That she nun. scared yeah. me actually. Like, oh no. <laughs> I heard voices. <laughs> so the credits come up like instantly. There's You're left seeing Jimmy having having her died for real again this time around and the credits come up that's vertigo what a twisted story that was i wrote that down i was like what like how could you recover from this uh as jimmy stewart's character like your mind would just be in mush after all of this um i mean he was losing it obviously yeah um that whole scene, that was a great scene of them going up the, the bell tower. You, you're convinced that he's just out of his mind. Mm-hmm. You're a very apt pupil, will not you? will not you, Judy? 
I was just thinking like, this is really sick. This, this whole story is crazy. Um, but it, man, it's, it's such a fun ride. Danny, how did you feel towards the end of this? The big uh, reveal and the shock ending. I, I liked it. I really did. I think this is probably one of, out of all the Hitchcocks I've seen, I haven't seen a lot, but I feel like this is one of my favorites of his. Uh, and maybe it's just the how well it's shot. It's an incredibly beautiful film. On top of his color choices in this film, we didn't talk about the mm. scene where um, Judy's backlit by the green neon light. Uh, mm. It's, uh, I mean, that scene is absolutely incredible. That was another contender for my art. But um, I loved this story. I don't know if I was. I don't know if I was convinced it's a perfect film at the end of this movie. I really wanted it to be. I think it's highly uh, spoken of. I think if I'm going to give my star rating, it's a four star movie for me. It's it's very close to being something that I could revere uh, as a, a perfect movie, but I don't know that I actually like Jimmy Stewart at, in this movie. I don't know. I can't say at all, but there's just something... I didn't enjoy about his character. Maybe it is the age difference. I don't know. There, I couldn't put my finger on what wasn't clicking for me with him in this movie. He's very awkward. And I think mm. when he starts to lose it at the end, it gets a little, I think you said a pro, I don't know, suicide. I mean, he's just unsufferable at the end of this movie. And I didn't, I don't know if I actually enjoyed it and maybe it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but um, yeah, it's a four star movie for me. It's the music, the scenery, the I mean, the walks and the, oh, it's called Presidio, Presidio Park. Mm. And uh, it's beautiful. I want to live in San Francisco so bad now, but, or at least visited it for once. But uh, this is, yeah, this is is definitely top tier Hitchcock. Uh, I would have to agree with Danny. I don't know. I wouldn't say Jimmy Stewart's not good at Mm -hmm. what he does as an actor, but I, watching this, I didn't enjoy watching him act. I think he is kind of annoying. Um, and yeah, just his presentation, the way he delivers his lines. I don't have a lot of Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart experience. I've like, I've seen it's a wonderful life. Of course, a thousand times Uh, I've seen rope, um, maybe another one. Um, so I don't, I haven't seen a ton of his movies, but yeah, I just, yeah, I I don't know. I just, I don't love him as an actor. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, the, the whole age thing was, I was in the back of my mind the whole time as I'm watching this. So to me, he's the, he's the low point Mm. of this movie. Um, but yeah, I thought it was just, it, it was really refreshing. I don't watch a lot of old movies like this, so maybe that's it. It's like, it just feels so different Mm. to watch an older movie. It makes me want to watch more. Oh, older movies. Okay. Um, oh, there we go. But okay. yeah, I'd give I'd given this movie four stars. Yes. Um, yes. It, it's hard not to because it's I don't know. It's it, it's it's a fascinating story. Um, Kim Novak, yeah, she's amazing in this. And those scenes that I mentioned, they are just like incredible. The fact that I'm like days later still thinking about these scenes, uh, I think is all I need to say about how how good some of the moments are in this movie. One thing I was wondering as I was watching this though, is that it would be cool to see someone try to make a movie in this, in this style, like now, mm. like I know people like not shoot it from this time period, but actually make it look like a movie with like the sets. 
Um, and just like the color palette and just the, just the presentation, you know, like the, like kind of like the, the, the like the longer shots mm-hmm. and just like the slow mo- um, moments. I feel like that would be fascinating. And I don't, I can't really think of like movies that have tried to do that. Like in video games, they do that all the time. Like where they like mimic art styles and, and it makes it feel like a, a game of its, of, of, of that period. But I can't think of like movies that come out. Um, even like a movie, like the artist that came out a couple of years ago, that was black and white. Um, I guess maybe that's the closest thing, but I think it would be cool to, if they, if someone tried to remake or, or make a movie with like that exact feel. Ever heard of the Irishman? Oh my gosh, Matt, you don't have to. It's just us. <laughs> I don't have to turn it on. It's just, just the three of us. Just, it's just the three of us, Matt. Uh, I would love, Proto, for you to watch Dial M for Murder mm-hmm. or Lifeboat. Matt, have you seen Rear Window? I have, but okay. not that's this a, year. That's coming up on my list. With all that said, I had a I had a tough time rewatching this just because I've watched rewatch rope i've rewatched strangers on a train notorious and dial in for murder i gave dial in for murder five stars i think it's amazing and so having watched this and this is like one of those afi top movies of all time like number nine on the top movies of all time list and i actually struggled on this rewatch like i i enjoy jimmy stewart generally um but this movie, the age difference, the love that blossomed, like James Franco's rear end between the two of these uh, characters, didn't feel real to me that much. And I can kind of pause 1960s love and kind of, you know, it's just going to happen. It's going to look fake and I just got to deal with it. This one was a little bit less so. Like I couldn't really suspend belief for these two. And But Kim is amazing. Um there's a lot to love in this movie. And I think it's just a very strange movie. Like, because the main character, Jimmy Stewart, just kind of gets wacky towards the end of this. Like he's put through the ringer and you're just kind of along for the ride for two hours in the mm-hmm. last hour. So you're, it's hard to kind of relate with him because he's been tricked. Um, so I was like teetering on three and a half stars actually for this, but I, I'm going to settle on four stars. Oh, baby. For vertigo. Have you seen North by Northwest? No, I've seen, Aww. I think I've seen Rear Window and Rope. I think those are the two others that I've seen. Oh, wait, you haven't seen Psycho? Oh, no, I've seen Psycho, too. Okay. I love Psycho. Cary Grant in North by Northwest is... God, you need to watch North by Northwest. (laughs) I might be able to lend that one to you, too, on Movies Anywhere. Oh, the one one thing I will say about (laughs) Jimmy Stewart is he easily has the most stunning eyes of any Mm. human being I've ever seen. Unbelievable. I get lost in them. Look in my eyes, Proto. <laughs> Next week, uh, we're shifting gears for Leon the Professional. You know, you could say maybe Vertigo is a rom com if you really had to no, you put can't. a gun to your head. No, you can't. Uh, Lumberjack Nick, let's get back into our IG suggestions for mm. favorite romantic comedy. There's something about Mary Lumberjack Nick said. <sighs> I don't. So, that was a loud. That was a loud inhale from Danny. Loud and I long. mean, I, I I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I I don't. It doesn't fall into my rom com category. I think mm. maybe it's too too much calm. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Benson says, "Not saying it's my favorite, but an episode about on about time would be fun." Interesting. So that's another suggestion for about time. It's 
interesting. Uh, Hayden says true romance. True romance has come I've up never a lot seen that actually from the villagers. It has come up quite a bit. Hayden has been pushing true romance on me hard. Has he? Really? Yeah. Mm. I might just have to watch it on my own. I think no, 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 no. Let's not get crazy. Here. Watch it on my own. I'd be Let's willing to crazy, do a okay? true romance. Don't pull a Danny. Don't pull a Danny and just do a movie that's on our on our tentative list. Bull and just all watch over it again. And then, <laughs> and then just shock us when we see it in our letterbox feed. Malik Jackson, Cambio de Ruta. I had to Google that Excuse one. Excuse me? Yeah. I am Smoot said you've got mail. It's another one. Oh, baby. Notting Hill from Megan Michelle. Does warm bodies count from Christy Zinn? Producer Dale weighed in and said yes, it does. <laughs> oh, uh, Working Girl from Rococo Dogs. Mm-hmm. I saw that and I... Oh, I forgot to yeah talk about the Screen Worlds that I got from my dad, but Working oh. Girl was in in that nineteen eighty nine edition. The Screen Worlds looked amazing. They smell good too. Oh, they have <laughs> aged like fine cheddar oh, in that box. <laughs> <laughs> do I do I just say what I picked for the rom com now? Are you ready to reveal your choice? Now it for is rom com. It is one reveal. that I have seen. I've only seen it once. Um. And I'm glad it came up twice in the uh, listeners, uh, the villagers mm-hmm. reveal. Uh, so I, I am picking About Time. It's oh. a Rachel McAdams, Domhnall Gleeson uh, movie that um, is um, very good. I'm not going to try and slimfluence anyone sitting here. Uh, I would, I would say don't watch the trailer unless you have, have you guys seen it? You guys haven't seen it, right? No, no. I have seen it. You have? What? Yes. You're just now telling me? <laughs> Got um. Wait, have you seen it or are we? No, <laughs> don't tell. do I this tell. swagger. I'm, in, I'm deep in the fog right <laughs> now. I have seen it. I knew it. Jenna's too good. There's no way she would let you not see that movie. It's not on Letterboxd. It's your, not. Your watch status. I tried to see who watched what. He fooled me. This is what you get. Fine. <laughs> We're still watching it. Matt has I'm seen still it. excited. You know, they actually <sighs> say Rachel excited. McAdams. Rachel McAdams has been called the Kim Novak of her day. Yeah. I can see it. Uh, so this movie, I remember watching and being... Uh, I, there's some choices in it that I really liked. And so, um, I'm glad that we can talk about this rom-com cause I feel like, I feel like not a lot of people watched it. I know there's a lot, not a lot of people on my letterbox that had seen it. Uh, so I think it got looked over a little bit, but, um, I'd never heard of it until you brought it up maybe okay, like a couple good. months ago. In, um, in the DMs. I, I, I mean, I want to talk about this one. I mean, I could have gone with easy Notting Hill, best friends, wedding, all these movies that are revered rom-coms mm-hmm. but I, I this is like an underdog for me and i want more villagers to weigh in and watch this movie just to set the stage for this episode scotty young uh-huh. who was on a recent episode he has this logged five mm-hmm. stars yep right now excuse me mikey p four and a half stars uh-huh yep but listeners know a couple of them know alex four and a half stars mm-hmm. this is a diamond in the rough i believe Matthew Zavala, two stars. Well, Matthew, are you a villager? <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Danny was about to insult him, but he had to unsubscribe check. now. Are you a villager? <laughs> uh, so there you have it. That's coming soon. Stay tuned. About time. 
We also have a voicemail line, an email. You can, or just DM us on IG, 267-409-6983 or 70mmpod at gmail.com. And we have a few. We actually have one from uh, someone I just mentioned who gave that five stars. Yeah. Hey, villagers. Um, this is Scotty Young. Um, I'm on my walk and I'm wondering if Matt is, you seen that movie, Daryl, you know, D dot a dot, you know, the rest of it with dots, Daryl, you know, Android, Android kid who flies planes really good, but he's also learning the ways of humanity. He's a Android Daryl. That's what I felt about Matt with this, uh, licking the fingers and the paper and the wallet thing. Come on, Matt. How many of you have never done that? Don't lie to the people. <laughs> and and you haven't seen Chinatown. It's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, I like the show. <laughs> also, I have not seen Chinatown either. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Just happy to get oh, Scotty's truth amazing. about Chinatown. The the ratio of votes agreed with me. The majority of people do not lick their fingers. Well, I, don't, I think that the question wasn't if you did it. It was like if you knew about it, right? Because you, you made it sound like you had never even heard of anyone doing it. I mean, I don't like it either, but Semantics. I knew people did I heard of it. I just wanted to make a point that I think it's strange. Oh, here, uh, I knew it existed. It's like a point that doesn't need to be made. It's, Matt's moving the goalposts. I, <laughs> check the tapes. Let's I never said I'd back. never seen it before. I just wanted to discuss that it's grotesque. There's no way I'm listening back to that episode. <laughs> Frodo has never listened to an episode back again. So that's the fact. Uh, all right, so we have a, a voicemail. The subject line is fingers. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what direction this goes. Hey, guys. It's Catcher. Uh, I got some news, some sad news. Because uh, you never want to agree with Slim. You, know? <laughs> you want to think long and hard before you do something like that. But uh, I have to agree the finger looking thing is gross. It, like, what are you doing? Are you trying to look cool? Slobbering all over your nasty fingers. Turning the page of your volume three of Encyclopedia Britannica. I don't know, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, no, if you're not washing your hands before you do that. You're just sticking them in your nasty ass mouth, your nasty ass fingers. And then you're just wiping it all over the page. Not cool. Not cool. I do have to bring up the fact, though, that last week's uh, last action hero synopsis by Proto is like all time the greatest, (laughs) most hilarious thing (laughs) I've ever heard. Thank you for giving this man a platform. Uh, I love you guys. Have a good one. Bye. You know, I didn't listen to that beforehand, Mm. but I was pleasantly surprised. Even my wife commented on Proto's synopsis of last week's. Really? Mm Hmm. Hmm. You know, that's why she followed him on Twitter finally. <laughs> Put it into another gear last week. Uh, final voicemail of the week comes from dear friend of the shoe. What's up, 70 millimeter? It's Lex. I'm happy to be back mm-hmm. after my absence from the voicemails. Mm. Uh, after being indisposed with work and, you know, watching other movies, as Slim knows. Uh, but yeah, this week's movie is Vertigo, uh, and I loved it. I'd never seen it before. Uh, I've seen a couple of other Hitchcock movies. I've seen Rear Window and North by Northwest and uh, Psycho, but this is a new one for me. So, 
yeah, I really had a great time with this. Uh, mm-hmm. By the end, I was in awe. It was mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, I loved those beautiful vistas of San Francisco. I loved Scotty's sort of gee whiz detective antics in that first half. Uh, but of course, I loved when everything fell apart in the end. Uh, I gave it four and a half stars. Uh, absolute banger from the boy Al Hitchcock. Uh, I'm hoping you guys are able to do more sort of uh, classic movies like these. Uh, mostly you guys like to hang around the more modern stuff, but I, I'm interested to see what you guys think of older stuff. I am also excited for next week's episode on Leon. So I'll see you then. Keep up the good work. Bye. Mm. Thank you, Our Lex. Dear Lex. I was actually thinking, where where has Lex been? Mm-hmm. It's true. Missed him. It sounded like his water heater shut off, and that voice would remind me of Proto's uh, <laughs> water heater okay. that we hear when we All play right. Apex. I'm getting, new, I'm getting a new headset. Everyone calm down. Um, hey, uh, Lex, older movies. Stay mm-hmm. tuned. I mean, maybe look at our uh, our set list. We got it. We got it. All the ones coming up. Stay tuned, or look at our publicly available set list. <laughs> Do you want to announce what what that is for our thirtieth um, episode, Bruno? Yeah, thirtieth episode after Leon, we're doing Wings, nineteen twenty seven, the first winner of the Oscars Best Picture. It's going to be a big ep. Oh, baby. Nineteen twenty seven. Where were you? Nineteen twenty seven. Man alive! I'm actually super into doing more older movies. I uh, love rewatching the Hitchcock ones. There's a ton of other ones I watched. Uh, the Haunting, which I thought held up really well. But Flex has some suggestions. You know, we're all ears. Some of us. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a banger of a suggestion, and it could just be, you know, right around the corner. We've got a lot of things cooked up for next week. Wait, when's Pride biggest. and Prejudice? After Wings? Yep. Oh, all right. Oh, you know what? I forgot that I, well, the, maybe the list will be updated by the time this is out, but I added Singing in the Rain to the list as well. So that's You mean you're going to take it off by the time you record this? I don't know. It depends on how Proto feels about it. Singing in the Rain's your pick, Slim? It was. Did you see what else I added to the doc about my other top three that I want to do? I'm looking at the doc right now. It's actually the my (laughs) the sigh. All right, I see four. I see on the waterfront and Titanic. You added Titanic. I added Titanic to my my tentative list of picks. So we actually should talk about how we're we're going to try to slot future movies. Don't don't mock my queen. You guys make that word. You make those words out. Yes. You make out those words. <laughs> We're going to try to do something that bands does bat and spider, which is they do a rotating host pick. We're going to try to somewhat align with that, but we're going to do, you know, Proto's suggestion, which was to each host picks a movie and we kind of rotate around a little bit more. Danny looks surprised. <laughs> Danny looks like this is the first he's heard of this, but anyway, we all present some picks and then we slot the order that way. So it's like maybe I get a movie, Danny's movie, then Proto's movie, and then we rotate around a little bit. I like it. I like it. We, need, we gotta let Proto pick a few before we lose them. What was Proto? Oh, Seven, uh, Seven Samurai is on our list too. That's oh. a Proto pick. That was from his top list. Mm-hmm. 
Wings was a proto pick. Okay. Uh, so we we have some right. some collateral. We have some gas in the tank right now from Proto. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm excited. We got some. I mean, these next two months will mm-hmm. be hot. I'm actually really excited about Pride and Prejudice. Let me. Let me see. Mm-hmm. We know. All right, next week we got some news coming. Stay tuned. You know, we got Ooh. something cooked up. A lot okay. of work been happening. It's gonna be a lot of fun. By some of us. We'll see everybody next week. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Love you. Seventy Millimeter is a VHS Village production and produced by Dale Underscore A. Sponsored by Half Double Design. Original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual guidance provided by Protolexis. This episode was mixed and edited by me, Slim. Special thanks to the good people at Letterboxd and for a chance to win a pro Letterboxd account. Share the show and tag us on social media at 70mmpod. Goodbye.